0: Couldn't have been better. Well said. So now we're going to have our readings. And our first reading is from John chapter 11, and it's verses 11 to 16. Just a little short one. That's it, and it says this. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us us also go, that we may die with him. Our second reading is from John, chapter 14, verses 1 to 5, and it says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And the last reading is this one from John chapter 20, verses 24 to 25. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the other disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Well, there we go. I do apologize for the start of the service, but we've got here anyway. So let us pray. Lord, we pray for your guidance as we look once again into the characteristics of your chosen 12. And by the power of your Spirit dwelling within me, help me to deliver your message this morning and bless all of those who will be preaching your word this week. Amen. me now, I know it 's been a few weeks since I was leading services via zoom, and it 's good to be back in church we 've been looking at the twelve disciples and unpacking more about a little bit more about each one and so, as I recap, let me read once more from Luke. Uh, Six verses 12 to 16. This is the choosing of the 12 disciples and it says this. One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Simon whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon who was called the Zealot, or Zealot Judas son of James, and Judas Iscariot who became a traitor if I come up to you during the week and say, can you name the 12 disciples, how many of you would be able to do that? I can't. I can't because I've got them written down. But <clears throat> so there we have all 12 of them. And if you've been following the sermon series and it is still available via the podcast we notice that some of the disciples were given different names. Simon, he named Peter. Matthew was formerly Levi. Bartholomew was also known as Nathaniel. And so far, we've looked at eight of the 12 disciples. And I personally thank you for your very kind comments of saying how much you have enjoyed journeying with me as we have looked into the work of the the disciples. And so today, we are going to discover more about Thomas, who was also known as Didymus. Now, Thomas is a bit like Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh he had a tendency to look into the darkest corners of life. And yet, despite his pessimism, we see some wonderful things about his character. Thomas is usually nicknamed Doubting Thomas, but maybe that nickname isn't really true. It's not a true insight into the man, into the wonderful man he is. Because I think it would be true to say that, yes, he was a negative person and he worried quite a lot. He was anxious. He was all And always he anticipated the worst, the worst-case scenario. Probably a bit like myself, actually. But I would say that he was pessimistic rather than a doubter. I've just uh, said that Thomas was also called Didymus, which means twin. But I've never found in the scriptures whether he had a twin brother or a twin sister because they're not mentioned in the scriptures. Also, Thomas isn't mentioned very much at all in the other Gospels. He's not mentioned in Matthew, Mark, or Luke very much. So we only get a glimpse of him through John's Gospel. And in that first reading that we've just heard, John is describing what happened prior to the raising of Lazarus. Here was Jesus, preaching in the wilderness, and Mary and Martha sent a message to Jesus that his friend Lazarus was sick. They, they knew that if Jesus came to see Lazarus, then he would be healed. Here's the dilemma. What should Jesus do? He didn't want to go too close to Jerusalem because his life was in danger. The Jewish leaders had already tried to seize him. And if he returned to Bethany, they would most certainly catch him. And the next thing we hear is that Jesus stayed two more days in the place where he was. Why? Why did he stay there? If he knew his friend was dying, why didn't he just drop everything and go? Did he wait for Lazarus to die just so that he would get all the glory for raising him from the dead? It's a difficult one because it strengthened their faith. So indirectly, I suppose the answer is yes. But he waited not so that he would get the glory, but that God would get the glory. So think about it for a moment. Jesus, God's only son, already knew everything about his friend and he already had plans and knew that he would bring him back to life. When Jesus told the disciples that their friend Lazarus had fallen asleep, they'd misunderstood him. But Jesus was trying to say, in a very, very gentle way, that Lazarus had died. But they didn't get it. But they did know how risky that journey back was going to be. And it was at this point, in verse 16 of John 11, that we are introduced to Thomas when he said, let us go also, that we may die with him. That's a pessimistic view and typical of Thomas. But he wasn't, but wasn't he also being heroic? Because even though he could see nothing but disaster ahead, and he was convinced that Jesus was going to be stoned to death, he was determined to go with Jesus and to die with him. I think you have to admire. His courage. Thinking about it, if Thomas had been an optimist, he would have probably said something like, Come on, Jesus, let's go. Everything's going to be fine. It's all going to be okay. We trust and we know that the Lord won't let anything bad happen to us. But he didn't say that, did he? Well, he said, well, if he's going to die, we're all going to be with him. We're all going to die with him. Look at this guy. Look at this guy, Thomas. At least he had the courage to be loyal. This is the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. An optimist always expects the best, but a pessimist, however loyal, always expects the worst. So give that guy a medal. He deserves it. This was real courage. In our second reading from John 14, it was clear that Thomas didn't want to live without Jesus. He had a deep devotion to Christ And when he tells the disciples that he is going ahead to prepare a place for them and that he will come back and he will get them, look at Thomas' reaction. In verse 5, he says this, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Once again, we see pessimism. What was he saying to Jesus? You're leaving... We'll never get to where you're going. We don't even know how to get there. My plan was better. We should die with you, because that way we know we can't be separated. And if we died together, we would all be together. But if you go, how are we going to know how to get there? You can see this guy, can't you? When I gave the sermon about John... I said that John was the one that Jesus loved. But here is Thomas, a man of deep love. His relationship with Christ was so strong that he never wanted to be separated from him. His heart was breaking when Jesus said that he was leaving them. The thought of losing Jesus shocked him because he had become so attached to Jesus. I think that we have to admire his devotion. Well, I think we all know what happened next, and we picked up the last time Thomas is mentioned, and that comes in John chapter 20, after Jesus' death. And all the disciples were in a deep sorrow and they got together to comfort one another. The only one who wasn't there was Thomas. He missed the golden opportunity because the doors were locked because of the fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. We don't know where Thomas was. But he wasn't there. And I have to ask myself, why? Where were you, Thomas? Where were you? Well, now that we've unearthed a bit more about his character, I imagine that he was so distraught he just wanted some time to be alone. Do you remember I said at the start, Thomas was a bit like Eeyore? He just wanted some time to be alone. Maybe he was still trying to work out how to get where Jesus had gone or why he didn't die with Jesus, like he said that he was prepared to do. But what we do know is this. He was alone. He was broken-hearted and he felt rejected by the person he loved. He wanted some time out because he wasn't in a mood to be with a crowd, even if they were his friends. The other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. They were thrilled to bits and they wanted to share this good news with Thomas, but someone in the kind of mood that Thomas was in, wasn't going to be cheered up that easily. Here he was, our hopeless, pessimistic person, and all he could see were the bad side of things. He wanted proof He wanted to see for himself. He wanted to see for himself the nail marks and to stick his finger in Jesus' side. And it's because of this statement that he probably got his nickname being Doubting Thomas. But let's not forget also that the other disciples didn't believe in the resurrection until they saw Jesus In the flesh and it was eight days later that Jesus reappeared and at this time Thomas was with them no one had to tell Jesus what Thomas had said because he looked right at Thomas and he said put your finger in here see my hands reach out your hand and put it in my side stop doubting and believe Jesus was so gentle with him. Thomas was a pessimist by nature, but he had a deep love for Christ. Thomas, our tender hearted, moody, melancholy disciple, Was transformed the moment he saw Jesus and empowered with the Holy Spirit, he took the good news as far as India. Now throughout this sermon series, I've always ended with the same challenge. If Jesus can take 12 ordinary people, like the 12 he chose, He needs to use you and me as well. I'm going to finish with a short reflection. It's from a book. It's called Nick Fawcett's Daily Reflections, and I use it quite often. And this is a reflection on Thomas. And it says this Did he condemn me for doubting? Not a bit. He understood and answered. Perhaps I should have believed earlier. After all, I had my fellow disciples' word that Jesus was alive. But you can appreciate I wanted to be sure. Don't forget, we were grief-stricken when he died. We were numb with despair. None of us listening when Mary and the others rushed back from the tomb, declaring it was empty and the Lord raised. No, not one of us. We feared it was wishful thinking, a beautiful but a sad delusion. For though Jesus had spoken of rising again, we never imagined that it could really happen. It was just my luck not to be there when he appeared to them all, there in the upper room. And I longed to accept their story afterwards, yet I didn't dare to trust, lest it were all to prove a ghastly mistake. I couldn't have lived with more disappointment, not after what we have been through already. So I closed my mind to the idea until Jesus stood before me, inviting me to touch and feel and know. Seeing is believing. Isn't that what they say? And so it was for me. So, how, you may ask, can anyone possibly believe without seeing? Well, actually, they can. For even though he's gone from us now, returned to the Father, I know he's still with me every moment of the day, here through his spirit in the risen power. I can't see him, but I can feel his presence forever, forever by my side. Not that you have to take my word for it, I wouldn't expect that. Respond and discover the truth for yourself. Do not doubt, but believe. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for choosing Thomas. And we can see so much of ourselves in him. We doubt. We worry. We fret. There are things that we don't understand. Things that we can't make any sense of. And things that we struggle to accept. Thank you. Thank you for the way you gently lead us and encourage us. Deepen our faith and respond to our doubts, and continue to do it, Lord, so that we too can go and make disciples. Amen.